Today on Drawing Near, we conclude our study of the first chapter of Revelation. In order to gain the greatest benefit from our study, I encourage you to take time and read through chapter 1, several times if possible. Taking this extra step will enrich your study, keep everything in context, and help you retain more of what we've learned. Take your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, and follow along as we study our victorious Lord. As we prepare to study this passage, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this word, your revelation. I thank you for this portrait of Christ we see in this first chapter. And I ask, Father, that you would broaden our understanding of the work of Christ, that we would gain an appreciation for all that he has done prior to coming to this earth, while he was here, and after he ascended. He is our great and wondrous Lord, and it is a privilege to follow him as his servant. And we ask, Father, that you would open our hearts and our eyes to this marvelous revelation. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, we read, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. In verse 17, we see John's reaction to the glorious Lord. He heard that trumpet call-like voice, and he turned to see who was speaking. He saw Jesus Christ glorified. Verse 17 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. John had seen Jesus on this earth. He had handled him with his hands, according to 1 John chapter 1. He walked with him for three years. He was there at his crucifixion. He was witness to his resurrection and ascension. And yet when John on the Isle of Patmos, in his old age, when he is confronted with this revelation of Jesus Christ glorified, his response is, he falls at his feet as dead. Even as familiar as John is with the Lord Jesus and his ministry, he is completely unprepared for what he is witnessing. The majesty, the glory the visual image of Jesus Christ glorified was beyond his ability to comprehend. And so he collapses. He falls face down at his feet as though he were dead. I have met many individuals, some professing Christians, who act as though God is a buddy, a pal. They want to talk to the man upstairs. They want to talk to the old guy. Anyone confronted by the reality of God the Father, of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, or even one of the angels, as we'll see later, they can't even stand. It staggers us. Our automatic reaction is collapse. 
we aren't even capable of standing in the presence of such majesty and glory. Then John writes, But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. Even glorified, Jesus is compassionate, tender, encouraging, and he reassures John that there's nothing to fear, that this is the Lord Jesus Christ, the first and the last. And then we see this declaration of Jesus in verse 18. He says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Jesus' first declaration in verse 18 is about his being alive. He says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus is alive. He was killed on the cross. He was buried, but he resurrected from the dead. And that's the emphasis here. He was dead, but behold, he tells John to look. I am alive forevermore. So after the resurrection of Christ, he ministered on the earth for 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven. And going into heaven, we live. We live forever. We are not dead. We are only dead when we are in the grave And that is our body, not our spirit. A lot of people are afraid to die. But for the believer, death is nothing more than an opportunity for the body to rest, to stop, to sleep, the Bible says. But the spirit goes on to be with the Lord immediately. And we are alive. Our shell is asleep, but we are alive forevermore. And it's important to note, this is for the believer. It's the believer that's absent from the body and present with the Lord. The unbeliever is not present with the Lord. They are not alive forevermore in heaven. They will be condemned. And then with the resurrection, our bodies will come out of the grave and will be joined to our spirit, and we will be made glorified. We will have a body like Christ, and we will live forevermore. And Jesus says at the end of that statement, Amen. It's true. This is not something to dread. This is something to anticipate. It's a positive. It should give the believer hope that one day we will have victory over sin, death, and the grave and live forevermore in the kingdom of our Father with the Lord Jesus. And then the second part of this declaration, Jesus says, And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Through Jesus' glorious resurrection, he has conquered sin, death, and the grave for us. And so he says, I have the keys to the doors of Hades and of death. Hades refers to the unseen realm. Many translate it the grave. But Jesus has conquered death and the grave. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that the final enemy that Christ defeats is death. Then at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, we hear these words, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, or grave, where is your victory? Jesus is victorious over sin, death, and the grave. Chapter 1 concludes with instruction and an explanation from the Lord Jesus Christ. The instruction is found in verse 19. He says, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place. 
So we need to understand that John is instructed to write all that he sees, the things that are, and the things that will take place. So John is going to see these things. He's not just going to hear about them. He's going to visibly see these things. And these things are categorized in two ways. They are things that are and things that will take place. Now, when we see the things which are, there's two ways of looking at that. Things which exist, things that are and are unchanging, or things that are happening right now in history. If it's the things that are happening right now in history, we need to understand that the things which are, are in John's time period, not now 2,000 years later. If they are the things which exist at all times in history, the things that simply are, then they are now as well. And then the other category for this revelation are the things which will take place after this. And so with that language, I think we are talking about things that were going on in John's day in that period of history and things that have taken place since then. And some of these things have yet to take place. And then in verse 20, we receive this explanation. The mystery of the seven stars, which we see Jesus holding in his right hand, and the seven golden lampstands that Jesus is walking among. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, the seven churches are those seven churches that John is writing this letter to. The seven angels are not supernatural angels, because in chapters 2 and 3, they're going to receive instruction to stop doing some things. Some are going to be called upon to repent. The angels aren't sinning. The angels aren't a part of sin. So what the word angels is referring to are the human messengers, the pastors of the seven churches. They have the responsibility and the authority to proclaim the words of Christ and to call people out of sin and into the holiness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so we see in this explanation that Jesus is walking among the churches and he holds the pastors, he holds the messengers in his right hand. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has conquered Hades and death. And he is alive forevermore, and he is walking among the churches. He holds the pastors in his right hand. Jesus is the head of the body, the head of the church, and he still rules and reigns as the great shepherd over all of his flock. Praise the Lord. That should encourage all of us that we have not been abandoned, that the Lord Jesus Christ is among us, and he's working, he's guiding, he's calling us out of sin into his marvelous light, and we can rely upon the headship, the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this revelation of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for working in him to bring about our salvation. What a great demonstration of your love. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to see Jesus as he is, as our head, as our great shepherd, as our glorified Lord, and to recognize that one day we will be in heaven and live forevermore and be as he is. Father, what a great promise. What a marvelous hope. Help us, Father, to live every day in the joy of our salvation in the peace that passes understanding, looking forward to the hope that is in Jesus Christ for all who will trust in him.
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.